Hello, it's Danny Howe back again with another episode of Tales from Southern Indiana. It's almost Christmas, and uh, gosh, you know, a lot of folks talk about the importance of keeping Christmas, which means that some people must lose Christmas. You know, my my family, they were were losing things about Christmas, decorations, uh, presents sometimes, because they hid them way, way back in the closet. And nobody ever really went that far back in the closet. That's where one of the old uh, mother cats used to go have her kittens. And we'd only know because we'd hear the little mewing and wonder where the heck it was coming from. And eventually she'd bring them out. But I don't know if she ever found the Christmas presents in there, but we we missed a few good ones. Uh, I think that um, I was curious about the sort of things people lose uh, or did lose back in southern Indiana uh, from time to time. Now, one of the things apparently uh, that uh, folks would sometimes lose was entire towns. Palestine, Indiana was at one time the county seat of Lawrence County. And like a lot of little towns, at some point, everybody moved away and it just sort of disappeared. And that was true of of other towns. Uh, Spring Mill, which became ultimately the state park that we've talked about before, was pretty much a ghost town. Now, uh, Here's a story from a couple uh, considering retirement. They actually wanted to retire to Wisconsin. I guess they'd had enough of Indiana and had found a nice place in Wisconsin, a little bitty town they thought they might like to retire to, but they couldn't find it. They'd been there at one time. Apparently no one bothered to remember or write down the name of the town or quite where it was. And so they were looking for it, and and perhaps they're still looking for it today. At any rate, uh, they missed a chance to retire while they still had memory enough perhaps to enjoy the remaining years of life and uh, that's something that'll happen you know if we don't take careful notes I think Um, some people over the course of history you know would lose the boundaries of their property Uh, and not that surprising given the way that property boundaries used to be described here's a something dating way back in the early 19th century in southern Indiana and the description in the deed is that the property line begins at a hickory bush and runs up to a red oak bush, and then over to another hickory bush, and then finally to a dogwood. And and if you find all those trees, then everything in between that square that the trees make belongs to you. And of course, the problem right now is that we're losing things like dogwood trees and stuff. So I, sooner or later, I, it's, it becomes somewhat hopeless. Uh, but anyway, by way of property descriptions. Um, came across an article from my hometown from maybe around World War II. Uh, folks were digging up a junkyard and they found an ice skating rink underneath it. At one time or another, there'd been, I guess, fairly famous ice skating rink. People had come from different parts of the country who were famous ice skaters, if that is such a thing, to perform there. And I'll came a time apparently when at some point it seemed like it was a more profitable enterprise to have a junkyard than an ice skating rink and it got buried and forgotten and that sort of thing that sort of thing happens but i noticed that you know sometimes people just lost possessions or animals and apparently figured that the best way to find them was to put an a classified ad in the paper you know this isn't something we do anymore because uh, we don't read newspapers but classified ads were, well, they were a thing people found all kinds of things, including True Love, uh, the old Jimmy Stewart movie, uh, The Little Shop Around the Corner, which became a, a, a movie 
remade as You've Got Mail, but it was a beautiful film in the pre-World War II era for Jimmy Stewart in which two people found each other by putting ads in sort of a, of a lovelorn uh, column in the paper. Well, this isn't about that. This is just everyday mundane things people have lost. Now, here is a Christmas-related lost and found item. On Christmas Day, well, someone didn't put their names, lost a Poland pig weighing 70 pounds. You know, if I had a pig and it reached a weight of 70 pounds, I would think that it was harder to lose than many things. At any rate, I also would think that on Christmas Day, if, if someone found a Poland pig that weighed 70 pounds, they might be a lot more likely to eat it than to open up the newspaper and see if it was mentioned in the classifieds. But this sort of thing happens. Now, here's another one from, oh gosh, why, quite a ways back. It says, lost a Christmas present with the tag reading to Al from Kerry. It doesn't say what the present is. We can imagine that Al and Kerry might have been a couple. And if the Christmas present was never found, that this might have put a strain on their relationship. Who knows? We hope they were able to tough it through that. Someone else lost a small Christmas package. Uh, this is from 1965. Containing a charm bracelet and a charm. Well, at least they said what was in the package, so that if you opened her up, then you could tell if it was something that you didn't want. And then you might look at the newspaper. If you did want it, you might just assume... This was your gift in the Secret Santa uh, Club. There was a certain amount of just faith that was expressed in these lost and found articles. So here's a, a and it, all this ad says is lost money. And you're supposed to call Raymond at a certain number. So if you found any money or perhaps come into some that you didn't expect, then if you read the newspaper, then you might feel moved to at least give some of it to Raymond because he's missing it. Now, the reason people are reading these classified ads in the first place, as we talked many times, is that there's no actual news in these newspapers. Nothing ever happened of note. So if someone lost maybe a wallet or some underwear or glasses, who knows, then might as well be in a paper and we might as well look for it while we're searching for, you know, for other things of note. Um, I happened to also come across uh, folks who were complaining that they kept finding pieces of a mastodon, well, more than one mastodon, in, on their farm. It was somewhat irritating, so they had to keep stopping and calling a, a historical society to come and get the piece that they had found. And who knows how many mastodons were buried underneath there. We're, you know, folks are trying to farm, and they have enough, enough uh, obstacles to overcome in the first place. Um, there was, and this is of some significance actually, the, our county, Lawrence County, was originally settled by, uh, by white settlers who were moving in at a time where there were Native Americans still in the, in the area. And the earliest white settlers, some of whom were Quakers, and they were important for establishing points along the way of the Underground Railroad for escaping slaves. And one of these communities, which was called Little Africa, was rediscovered in 1971. And it was in the area of uh, Paoli, Indiana, which was the county, Orange County, just south of where I grew up. And it turned out that uh, there was a cemetery that they were able to rediscover and identify who many of the people were who lived there. And the 
earliest uh, resident, apparently, was a man named Ishmael Roberts. He was a Revolutionary War veteran, and he'd received a government land grant in 1824. And he was instrumental in beginning the cemetery. And even more amazing than that, uh, they actually found the remains of a log house with a trap door that was constructed to escape detection. And it had a, 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 an underground area that it led to where runaway slaves were hidden by the Quakers. Uh, and the Quakers had come there in 1811, which would have been a dangerous time to come to southern Indiana. And they said, this is one of the few known stations of the Underground Railroad. We wonder what happened to this. But one of the things that, that, that one kind of comes to mind as we think about this is that history is quickly forgotten. And not just forgotten, it's buried, uh, and maybe buried under junkyards. But in this particular uh, instance, the history was, uh, was something that would be of considerable importance uh, as we look back. You know, one of the things that, uh, that we used to find in the middle of nowhere in southern Indiana were historical markers for identifying the exact center of the population of the United States. And there's a few of these in southern Indiana. For some reason, there came a time when the population just kind of froze for a while, and the middle of it was stuck in the middle of southern Indiana, or in one case, closer to Indianapolis. And... Um, I'm not sure why that was, but at any rate, uh, those became forgotten as well. So when we're out there looking, digging around, you know, maybe the old Christmas decorations up in the attic or other things to remind us about things that have happened in past years, then we can maybe think of Christmas as a time when we can give some thought to all the folks who've come before us and some of the hard times that they've endured. Uh, and uh, hopefully Christmas was a time when they could uh, receive support and uh, sustenance from folks who were able to give it. And for the folks who had a little extra money and were reading the paper, maybe they could share some of that with the many people who seem to have lost their money or their dogs or their cows or their pigs uh, and, uh, and whatever happened to, uh, to occur to them around the time of Christmas. So as always, we wish you a, a wonderful holiday and uh, ask it to do your best to hang in there as we head toward the new year and uh, sure appreciate you listening.